Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We bless your name, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you today, blessed God. Thank you for your mighty presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We greet you today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. There's not many of us here physically, but I'll tell you one thing. It feels like there's a whole host that you're with us in the presence of God. And it's such an honor that we can be able to gather together here today. We'll <clears throat> read together. You brothers will stand with me in Hebrews chapter 5. I want to greet all of our fathers today and certainly wish them a happy Father's Day. Trust it will be a blessed day for you. Amen. We count it uh, a great, great privilege to be able to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I tell you, the presence of the Lord is so wonderful. Last night, the service so awesome. Brother Darrell just done a tremendous job. So appreciate him following the leading of the Lord. And I told him after service, I felt like we'd hear many testimonies from that. You know, God's presence is coming in such a, such a wonderful way. We just pray for each of those of you that have been um, sick and uh, afflicted by various things. And we just know that God is mindful of us during this time and that he's going he's gonna to help us. We'll read from uh, Hebrews chapter 5, if you would, verse 5. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. He saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. This word ever is a, it's a strange word. It's, it's a Greek word, of course. This is the language that it was written in. But it, it can mean eternal, but it can also mean age-lasting, or it can also mean one age coupled with another age. So the application of this word is very important whenever you read it. Let's read this again in verse 6. He also saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So we know the priesthood, even actually of Melchizedek, will come to a spot to where that it will fade into the eternal. So it is a space of time. It is a large one, but it is a space of time. Verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying, and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. So Jesus is crying for a Savior. Not because he's lost. Not because he's wretched. But he's crying to be saved from death. But if he got saved from death... We would remain lost. So the Savior cried for a Savior. But the Savior turned the Savior down. That the Savior could fulfill the Savior's will. 
and save all of us. Hallelujah. <laughs> With strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. He feared. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for coming to this earth and allowing yourself to feel this type of feeling. You were not lost, as I said. You were not a sinner. But you did not want to die this type of death. So you cried for a Savior. But the Savior could not answer your cries. And you be able to fulfill your purpose. And you were okay with that. Because you were ministered to. And that angelic ministration helped you fulfill your will. And line it up with Father's will. So we know, Lord, this is one reason why you send ministering spirits to us. They are both visible and invisible. Those beings which we sense around us, we cannot see them for the most part, but we sense a charge stronger than electricity, stronger than anything man would be able to make. It's the charge from another realm. And we're so grateful when you send them near us. But we know also there are ministering angels that are on the earth called servants of God that yield themselves to you, Lord. And you speak through them to our hearts to encourage us when we're down. So, Father, we thank you. We pray that you be mindful of all the needs of your people today, Lord. I'm thinking of Brother Wade Altman. Lord, you see this surgery that he had to have, and Lord, it's affected his ability to swallow. Father, we call our brother's name right now in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of God touch our brother, Lord. Make him well. May there be no lasting results of this, Lord, in our brother's life. All the rest of the needs of your children. Speak to us today, Father, from your great word. We sense you're here, Lord, in a mighty way. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Help me to get out of the way, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, brothers. You may be seated. God bless you, saints that are streaming today. We certainly long for the day when we can be back together again in the presence of the Lord, but... Until that time arrives, we believe the Lord understands where we are and He'll compensate for us and, and help us. Let us look back, if we can, here to verse 5 this morning. So also Christ glorified not Himself to be made a high priest. This is astounding to me. The great position that the Lord Jesus took upon Himself, of course we know He had to, in order to be a willing lamb to die for us. But even in fulfilling the Father's will, the Lord Jesus never assumed upon His fulfillment of that 
to ask Spirit God for such a glorified, exalted position. It helps me to realize that whenever we are looking for positions and we are desiring and wanting an element of God's glory to be shared upon our lives, it makes you to understand why that the prophet would tell us over and over again those who desire such a position most of the time are not qualified to be so. But the Lord Jesus himself, that not another human being, or let me say it this way, even an angelic being could say that they had done what he'd done. Yet he would not assume because of that obedience and fulfillment, he would not assume to ascribe to the position of being high priest on his own. Now he knew, of course, that this position was going to be his. He actually quoted Psalms 110 in Matthew, which alluded to the position of the order of Melchizedek. But yet Paul catches the attitude of the resurrected, glorified Christ that he never actually assumed or stepped into that position on his own. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Now remember the Lord Jesus was begotten in the womb of Mary to the immaculate conception or the virgin birth. But actually this begotten here is not referring to that begotten in the womb. But it was a begotten which took place after his resurrection. Because it involves the priesthood of Melchizedek. Now the Lord Jesus acted out. He was a, a priest of course. The woman touching the hem of his garment. And he was touched by the feelings of the infirmities of the people. But he actually never entered into the order of Melchizedek until he entered into the order of an endless life. Now the life of Jesus, the human, the body, had a day that it started, and it had a day that it could die. Is that right? So this could not be then the fulfillment or the completion of the order of Melchizedek until after his resurrection. Notice then in verse 6, And he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So it represents the Messiah as being the high priest by the declaration of God. Now this is not a self-assuming role. It is not something the Lord Jesus said, I'll do it, I'll do it, let me do it, let me do it. But it was by the declaration of God. And remember, it was for the coming messianic kingdom that he was going to be not only priest, but king on the throne. 
Now this is something that no other man had been able to do except the ascribed position of Melchizedek himself. Now this is going to be when the priesthood of Melchizedek will actually come to a termination. It will be when the kingdom of the Messiah will be turned back into the realm of the eternal. Now listen to me carefully that the messianic kingdom actually begins with the dispensation of the grace of God and it goes through the dispensation of the church ages comes over into the span of the or the great honeymoon which will be the great time in heaven but it also comes over into the millennium reign and then it will end at the end of the millennial reign when time consummates and comes back into the realm of eternity. Once we move into eternity, something not only happens to this earth, and she gets her baptism of fire, the Holy Ghost, but something also happens to the Messianic Empire, the Messianic Kingdom. Now remember, as long as there are people that are being saved in the Gentile church ages, in the time of the millennium, there will be people that will be turning their lives over under the reign of the son of David in the Messianic Empire. And as long as that is going on, then the ministration of the Messiah under the order of Melchizedek will be needed. But once all rebellion has been annihilated, once all rebellion, now think of it, rebellion will still be in the hearts of some of those unregenerate people in the time of the millennium. And when the millennium is over, some of them will actually revolt against the Lord Jesus and his saints in glorified bodies. So the end of the kingdom cannot be turned over to the eternal until all rebellion has been brought in subjection. Now this is what happened of course in heaven. That rebellion was brought down on the earth. It happened in the heart of Eve first. Then it happened in the heart of Adam. And then it's happened in the heart of every mortal ever since. And until that rebellion has been annihilated, there must be a channel, a dispensation of grace by which God can deal with man. Oh, he is so great. He is so phenomenal and so wonderful. I'm sure that we don't understand one inkling about the greatness of how big and wonderful that our God is. But looking at it in this way, as long as God is dealing with man on the earth through the act of rebellion, God had to condescend to a level of administration of grace to keep from annihilating the entirety of the human race. Think of it, even to this very day, in our state of mortality in our human bodies, we could not be allowed to come into the realm of the eternal because of our mistakes, our shortcomings, our inherited weaknesses and all that we are. We still need, I know there's some of the message that feel like they don't need him on the throne of God, they don't need him as a mercy seat. It shows how ignorant they really are of their self and how ignorant they are of the Bible. We will need him as long as we are mortals every day we live on this earth. 
Now, I want you to notice this, how that Paul catches the termination of the Messianic kingdom and how it rolls over into the kingdom of the eternal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24, then cometh the end. Now listen, the end. So before it can roll back from this little loop, this little hickey will pull back up into the circle of eternity again. There must be a termination. So in the beginning, the prophet said, was when time began. So there must be an end of time. Now we are in the end time, right? And we believe that the end of all things is at hand. But yet the end of time will actually not take place until after the millennium and the white throne judgment. And then when all of this terminates, then God will actually end time. And time will cease to exist. So the loop will be pulled back up into the circle and all the redeemable subjects of God will be fully clothed in their bodies of immortality. The grace of God that spilled over into the book of life and those that were able to receive it will also be given eternal life. And then the messianic empire of the Lord Jesus, which is the humanity of God, will now have terminated because it completely stood between fallen man and the eternal and once the end absolutely consummates then there will be no longer the need of a mediator oh praise God we still will need that humanity in the millennium for those who are not yet converted praise God now watch this Paul said then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God now here we're talking about the Lord Jesus now we're not talking about two gods and we're not talking about actually two separate people but the Lord Jesus is only a visible extension of the invisible God it is the part of God that condescends to the level of man that will allow the justice of God to reveal himself to man through this channel of grace called the Lord Jesus. But yet he's identified here under the Messiah ruler and he says, then cometh the end when he, the Lord Jesus, shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. Now whatever this has happened at the end of the millennium, then the Lord Jesus, the humanity of God, will now move into this back into this realm of the eternal so the mediatorial kingdom that has been established for several thousand years will have reached its accomplishment and fulfillment with the fullness of human redemption the fullness of human redemption also includes botany life animal life the cellular system the stars the universe the earth everything exactly as it will be rolled back to the setting of eternity once the eternity comes into view then the mediatorial work of the Messiah will have completed and consummated. Oh, hallelujah. Notice this, and Paul says in verse 25, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. So that is rebellion, that is stubbornness, that is sickness, but it also includes death. So it is the Father who puts all enemies under the the subjection of his own son or his own humanity. 
Notice in Matthew twenty-two forty-four, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now notice when this is completed, then the son, the humanity, the word made flesh, the body, then that will be able to revert the entirety of the kingdom. Now notice it's not that Jesus, the second person, is going to be like a lieutenant or he's going to be this guy in second command. Oh no. He simply moves under the shadow of the Father God. Everything that has been fully redeemed will now be able to see Father God in an expression of his glory that we was not even able to see in the rapture. That we was not even able to see in the millennium. Now the millennium is going to be a wonderful time. But Father will still not be on the earth in the fullness of his attribute yet in the millennium. It is the honeymoon, right? And then, at your time ends, we will go back into the eternal kingdom. Praise God. Notice what will happen then. The Son of God, the humanity, the Jesus quoting this, the Lord said unto my Lord, set thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. So when this is done, the Lord Jesus, of course, in Revelation eleven seventeen, saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and his reign. Now notice, so this was something that was delegated and given to the sonship of God. This was given to the humanity of God and he has now put his foot on the footstool of every enemy. They have become under him sickness and sorrow and death and suffering. They have become as simply a footstool under his feet. Notice in verse 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So now here we're looking at after the white throne judgment and then we move into the phase of the eternal. Now this all comes under the administration of the messianic kingdom. Now remember God, absolutely, absolutely, the Lord Jesus Christ could not be his own father, but God could become his own son, and he did. So Jesus was the visibility of the invisible God. He was the very heart of God, the very justice of God, the fullness of God, the wrath of God could never come down on the earth and walk among sinful men. He would annihilate every one of them. The Lord God, the eternal, could not be here among us this morning because of our mortality, because of our failures, our faults, amen? Because of our mistakes. He could not deal with that. He could not stand it. His justice would require death. But what did he do? He projected something out of his own being. Hallelujah. He projected something out of his own being. Which was his own humanity. If he could become a human. He could understand. If he could become a human. He could relate. If he could become a human. He could have mercy in such an extreme he could never have in the Old Testament as a pillar of fire. So he must condescend to be a human and he will remain a glorified human through eternity. Oh, hallelujah. Notice this in verse 27. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things 
under him. So the administration of the kingdom of grace, now listen carefully so you don't misunderstand me, will finally be closed. No more grace. No more mercy. No more walking by faith. We will live by sight. By the power of God. We will no longer have to say, oh, I know he's here. I know he's here. I can't feel him. I can't feel him, but I know he loves me. I know he does. I take his word for it. No, we'll see him. We'll see him. So the door of grace and this phase of scripture cannot be open at the same time. To see this, hallelujah, to see him in this form of his personage means that grace has brought us to this platform. But as long as the door of grace is open, it shows there is a need of a mediator. It shows there are people that have not yet arrived into that stage of perfection. But when all the enemies have been made subject to the Lord Jesus, then the Lord Jesus, the humanity, will be able to step back under the Father's throne again, under that Shekinah, under that great glory, and it will testify that he has been accepted. Grace is no longer needed. Mercy is no longer needed. Pardon is no longer needed. Hallelujah. A mediator is no longer needed. He has successfully brought every attribute back into the realm of eternity. And they will be there forever and ever and ever beholding the glory of the eternal. <laughs> you see, there is a great distinction between the kingdom of grace And the kingdom of glory. We've never seen that yet. We're under the kingdom of grace. Is it any wonder that the prophet calls it, even for our body change, rapturing grace? Let's face the facts. If we leave this world and a body change, it'll be rapturing grace. It ain't because you're rapturing perfect. It ain't because you're rapturing absolute and you're this and that. It will be grace that gets us out of here. It's grace that saved us. It was grace that sanctified us. It was grace that gave us the Holy Ghost. It's grace that's helping us through COVID. It's grace that's helping us every day of our life. It will be grace. The consummation of grace leading to our new body will be what? Rapturing grace. How will I sit there at the marriage supper of the Lamb, the grace of God? How will I be in the millennium, the grace of God? But one day, the grace of God will give way and the door will open up to the kingdom of glory. No longer will I have to stand there with my head bowed because of my humanity. No longer will I have to bow. Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, I'm sorry. Oh God, forgive me. I will never pray another prayer of forgiveness. I will never say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, please forgive my brothers Lord please forgive my sister but I will hallelujah have been completed by the Messiah himself and when he has completed me when he has completed you and the cycle of redemption has been consummated
you. The kingdom of grace will pour itself into the kingdom of glory and we will move beyond amazing grace. How sweet the sound. We will move beyond I am redeemed. We will move into that sphere that we came from as an attribute. Eternity. You see, even many of our songs of heaven are still written under the dispensation of the perception of the gospel of grace and the kingdom of grace. And in our minds, I suppose, we struggle of trying to think how it will be in the kingdom of glory without the dispensation of grace still being there. Lord, I was lost. Lord, you saved me. Lord, I'm not worthy. Please don't misunderstand me. One day, you won't think that way. No more. Because the Lord Jesus will have so completed his work, he will no longer be a mediator under the messianic kingdom. Notice then the Son of Man becoming Messiah. Literally, he will enter in under the Father's glory. Watch this in verse 28. Paul said, when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Word, the Son, also himself be subject Now don't get in your mind, yours is young guy and he's going to be under this old man. No, it's simply hupotasso, which is a referring or a changing of the order. Praise God. It is a changing of the order or an arrangement by which multiple things are put together. And this piano with the strings and things that are on it. One note. Hupotasso. One note's fine, but boy, when you put them others in there, what does it do? It makes it not only a note, but a chord. And then the chord comes together and it makes another chord and another chord and a song and a melody and so on and so on. And whenever the Lord God moves into this final stage, and this is what we will deal with through eternity, when we will no longer in our minds under the grace dispensation, oh, I was lost, I was lost, I'm unworthy. Do you actually think you could enjoy heaven going around with that in your mind? Walking around, you're going to heaven today, and I'm not worthy, you're going up to the city, I'm I'm not worthy. You'll never have that thought again. You'll never, Lord God, you'll never have that before you again. And the the, the Messiah himself moving into this, becoming subject under the glory of God proves, my friends, it's not a humiliation to our Lord Jesus. It is an exaltation of his position and a complete fulfillment of what the humanity of God was able to do. The humanity of God was the only thing that could fulfill this. The Logos could not do The fullness of the attribute of God in spirit form could not do it. God must become a human. Notice this. Also he himself must be subject unto him that put all things under him. 
that God may be all in all. Jesus will continue to reign on the earth under the glory, Shekinah, of the Father through eternity. Because you see, God is not a man, only in Christ. So there won't be two thrones or three thrones. John never looked up and said, I saw three thrones in heaven. John said, I saw one throne and one that sat on it. So here the Shekinah will hang over the sun. Amen. And we will be allowed. What is this called? Peter called it the coming of the day of God. Amen. Let me just tell our enemy this morning. He can rant and rave. He can do all he wants to with disease and sickness and all kinds of things. But his days are numbered. Let me just tell him, Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Hallelujah. It cannot stand. It will not stand. But the coming of the day of God is at hand, my brother, sister. Notice this. In the day of God, John saw a peculiar thing. Revelation 21, 22. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. Notice, are not the temples, but the temple. So Jesus is the body, the Father is the Shekinah. And Solomon's temple was the house, and the Father was the glory. Hallelujah. As the glory of God, he entered in. Don't you understand? Whenever Solomon built the temple, he was actually building the humanity and type of the Lord Jesus. And it was the Father that entered inside that temple. And that temple was torn down and destroyed. And so did God allow his humanity to be torn down. But he said, I'll not leave your soul in hell. And your body will not corrupt. Why? Because I'm going to live in that for eternity. Hallelujah. So John looks around and being a Jew is used to a temple, he's used to a place of worship. And he said, I didn't see no place of worship. But he said, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple thereof. So it ain't one man sitting over here and one man sitting over there. But it's the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. So the Father is hanging over his body. <sighs> Help me, Jesus. Watch this in future home city with the throne on top. Revelation 21, 23. They need no light. For the Lamb and the Lord God is a light there. See, the Lord God is that pillar of fire that followed the children of Israel through the wilderness. And he is ascended upon the throne in that perfect kingdom the kingdom that Jesus is going to surrender to the Father that God may be all and in all Jesus sets upon his throne here as our Joseph 
And the king is that light that will be on Mount Zion. And his holy light will flood the entire city. Hallelujah. Question answer 64. On top Mount Zion will set the Lamb and the city will need no light. For the Lamb is the light thereof. And above the Lamb will be the Father, which is the Logos. God, the great light, the eternal light that will shine just above the throne. And Jesus will not be on his father's throne. He'll be on his throne. And the father will hover over the son. Which the father and son will be one. And while they're yet speaking, I'll answer before they can think. I'm thinking for them. That's right. And Jesus will commit a perfect, perfect age to a perfect living God that he has redeemed and give over to the father. Is that right? will turn to God the Father, which is spirit, not man. Spirit. All nature of goodness gathered together. That's God. Praise God. So let's look a little bit now at the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews 5, 6, it says, also in another place thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Genesis 4, 17 gives us the appearance of Melchizedek. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him, speaking of Abram, after his return from the slaughter of Kedolaomer and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale, and Melchizedek, king of Salem. So here we have a tale of two kings. Abraham goes and fights. He is victorious. The king of Sodom, whose name was Bera, B-E-R-A, which means gifts. He is the king of Sodom, which means burning. So he meets Abram. And we have another king. Glory. Verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem. I hope you understand your life's journey is made up of meeting these two same kings and type. Bera represents Sodom, the world. Everything that tries to pull you away from the divine providence of the king of Salem. He meets Abram. Oh my, we'll find out what he offered him. Here, Abram is now faced after this great victory and God had done a great thing for him. Now, here comes Bera and he offers him gifts. 
Now, of course, Abraham had went out there and he'd rescued Lot and the other people of Sodom and the, the kings of Kedorlaomer and the other kings had stolen the goods for Sodom. And he comes back and he wants to make a deal with Abram. But Abram, oh my, he had already met Melchizedek. Amen. How did this man know when he met this being that looked like a human? Hallelujah. He had bread and wine and he served to Abraham. Bera offered Abraham wealth, goods, but Abraham refused his gifts. But he accepted Melchizedek's. <laughs> Praise God. He acknowledged his dependence on the king of Salem. But he displayed his independence from the king of Sodom. I don't need your goods. I don't need your world. I don't need what you've got to offer. Let me, can we say that today to the devil? Can we say to Satan and all his Laodicean riches and all the things that he's got, we don't need you. We don't want you. We want nothing to do with you. We're only here until we're taken out of here. But boy, we turn the other way to the king of Jerusalem and we say to him, we need you every day, every hour. We can't even walk with you in this life we are totally dependent on you I realize our nation is getting more and more and more oh my independent from God and it is our downcasting away from his presence by doing so oh we'll be celebrating independence in a few weeks and really the majority of the American people are in the worst slavery they've ever been it's a slavery of sin a slavery of sin and yet many of them go to church and say they love God and they're worse off than they've ever been in their life. But we say to Elohim, we need you. We love you. We want your words. Tell us what to do and we'll do it. Yes, <sighs> Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. I want you to notice from this prophetic stage of the implication of Melchizedek's life, of the typology of our Lord Jesus. This is why I say he could not enter into the fullness of the Melchizedek priesthood till after his resurrection. Because Melchizedek offers to Abraham the memorials of the sacrifice, not the sacrifice. This is why we take communion. Oh, I can't wait till we can all do it again, can't you? This is why we're not coming up with a bloody lamb. The Lord Jesus is not offering himself every day before the presence of God. He did that once. He was so convinced it would be successful. He gave them the elements of the communion before he ever died on the cross. He said, boys, go ahead and learn how to do this because what I'm going to do is going to work. 
Praise be to God. If it had been like us, well, that's why he said, give me a few years and let me see how this is going to work. And then y'all see if you can come in. But he said, no, I tell you what I want you to do. Let's go ahead and let me give you a type right now because this is going to work. It's going to be a success. This is why, brother, sister, we don't come and we don't bring blood all over our hands and all that in the presence of God. But when we come up here, each one in our turn, and we take that little piece of bread and we press that little tiny cup to our lips, what is it, brother Louis? We are testifying our Lord work was a success because we are taking this in memorial of what he done. Look, Melchizedek offered to Abraham the fruit of a finished work. Don't you understand? It proved that both Melchizedek and Abraham believed in redemption. The communion had never been instituted. But Melchizedek instituted communion. <laughs> so here sits Melchizedek in a human body. And he looks at his disciples and said, I have long with a great desire to eat this supper with you. Take, eat. This is my body. Drink. For this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you as often as you drink this. Think of me. Drink it in memorial. And here comes Melchizedek to Abram. Wine and bread. Barah says, here, you can have souls, you can have women, you can have money, you can have popularity, you can have wealth. Come on down and, and move down with your nephew. He's living a compromised life. Come on down and, and compromise. Abraham said, I refuse. I am not a compromiser. I don't want your money. I don't want your wealth. I don't want nothing you've got. Because if I receive the gifts of Barah, I will wind up in the destiny of Barah, which is fire of Sodom. But if I take communion with Melchizedek, I get to live in Melchizedek's town. <laughs> if I follow... Melchizedek, I get what, Brother Darrell? The power of an endless life. This is the order of Melchizedek. This is why Jesus the man could not have entered into the fullness of the power of an endless life. Of Melchizedek, he had to give his life. But after he raised from the dead, he can move into the full administration of the order of Melchizedek and said, I am he that was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. Melchizedek king of Salem brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the most high God El Elyon en route now back to Hebron Abram meets the two kings One offers him things that will appeal to the flesh. No doubt they rallied around him. Oh, what a great man. You only had 318 men. 
How did you do that? Boy, you must be a military genius. What we could do with you? Oh, if you just take your talent and your ability and your singing and your music and your preaching and so on and join with us. Come on over and join with us and join with you and burn with you. No, thank you. I said, no, thank you. I'd rather, rather live over here under the oak in the plains of memory. And have visitations from God from time to time. They may not be every day. They may not be as often as I want them. But I'd rather live over here by myself if I have to. And know that memory is where God came down to see me. Memory is where he met me. Not down there in the veil of the kings. I don't want your wealth, Bella. But I'll take what you have, Melchizedek. You imagine a bear of us still hanging around with a lawyer when Melchizedek came up. And he gives him bread and wine and says, Crazy. He's crazy. Look what I gave him. Look what I offered. And he turned it down for a piece of stimulation by revelation. For a little bit of bread and a little bit of wine. What in the world is the matter with them people? Oh, that ain't normal bread. That's the body of the Lord Jesus. That ain't wine. That's stimulation of his blood life. It may not look like much to you, but to those of us who are initiated into the messianic kingdom, it is our everything. your offer I don't want you to say you made me rich I won't even take a shoestring but I'll take what you've got king of Salem praise God oh my you imagine as he looked at him He'd heard this voice for years and years. But one day the voice was made a human. I'd love to see his face when he heard that voice the first time. He might have had on the garb of a king or a priest or the mixture of both. We don't know. Notice this now, Melchizedek. He was the king of Salem and priest of the Most High God. This was forbidden. This was forbidden. This is not even allowed on the era of the kings. This is not allowed on the era of David or Solomon or Asa or none of the rest of the kings. How could this person dare merge both of these great offices into one human body? <laughs> Ooh, right now I feel like English ain't good enough. <laughs> To express the way I feel. Who was it? The prefigure of the Lord Jesus. What happened to Lot? Lot accepted the gifts, the positions, the honor, the dignity of Bera. And had it not been for the bride that asked for mercy... For his sorry hide. He'd have been burned up. 
Because think about it in reality. That's what he deserved. He was a compromiser. So don't give up on your children. Don't give up on your husband, your wife. God won't make them bride because you asked for them to, but who knows, God may let them be there because you're a bride. And God, hallelujah, God, you're in your prayer. You may have to put them in a premature grave. You look at me weird if you want to. I'd rather see them in a premature grave and saved than live 150 years and be lost. That's exactly right. So keep praying for them. Oh, they may never be the caliber of you are, but keep praying for them, Abraham. God may honor your prayer. But Melchizedek means king of righteousness. And Salem means peace. So he's two kings. King of righteousness and king of peace. So you take his communion, guess what becomes yours? Righteousness and peace. As our brother so beautifully expressed it last night. When the world is going insane and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. But come and take communion with Melchizedek. We can have peace in the midst of the storm. We can have peace when all the rest of the world don't know what in the world to do. Don't you see? Even as it was in Abraham's day, so is it in our day. Because the Lord Jesus, the King of righteousness, the Lord Jesus, the King of peace, has given us of his own virtue and of his own nature and say, Eat of me, children. Drink of me. And this will be your life. I promise you. You will be as righteous before the eternal as I am. Lord God, do we believe that? If we enter into this covenant, we are as sinless as God. And we have peace going that way. Notice this. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. So Melchizedek was man, priest, king. Man, <laughs> glory, man, priest, and king. Notice Zechariah 6.12. Speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. He shall grow up out of his place. He shall build the temple of the Lord. You know, this is messianic. This is the Lord Jesus. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord and he shall bear the glory of the Father hanging over the Son and shall sit and rule upon his throne and he shall be upon his throne and the council of peace shall be between them both priesthood and kingship 
How is it brought between the two that the justice of kingship can be honored? How can the justice of kingship and the justice of God ever be met? How can it ever be met? Oh my, here's the kingship of God, the holy righteous justice of God. And here over here is a merciful priest. How can it ever be met in the body of the Lord Jesus? Hallelujah, this is why both offices can merge in the temple of God. He shall build the temple of the Lord and his name is called the branch. When he comes on the earth, he said, I am the vine. And ye are the branch. Now he's sharing his family name. Hallelujah. He's sharing his call, his purpose. What he said in the Old Testament, I was called branch. But now let my life flow through you and you will be my branches as I was the father. Friends, do you understand? You understand what happened to us here last night? The office of high priest is not just the Lord Jesus hearing you when you pray and he's there, oh God, forgive them, oh God, forgive them. Don't you understand the office of high priest? He's also sending his gifted men into the earth and the high priest being touched with what you're going through. And he gives inspiration to a gifted man of God which has a portion of himself. It was the high priest ministering to us last night through his gift. And people say, oh, the high priest is just there in heaven. He is there in heaven, yes. But his presence is here on earth. And he's touched by the feelings of our infirmities. And when we're down and we're weary and we don't know what to do, God, we're not promised another one to stand and turn his back to the audience. But we are promised gifts of the high priest. So the high priest takes that gift and inspires, you know, maybe from a very simple thought and gives birth to life-changing, life-changing things that happen. And what was it? The high priest heard somebody's prayer. The high priest saw somebody in a sleepless night turning and tossing, oh God, I need help. Oh God, I need peace. Oh God. And the high priest took a ministerial gift and channeled himself. Don't you understand? If a man of God can get out of the way, don't you understand who's preaching to you? Don't you understand what you're setting under? The ministry of the high priest. Remember the book of Numbers, whenever God told Moses, tell the priest to put my name on the people. The Lord bless thee, and the Lord be with thee, and the Lord make his face to shine upon thee. The Lord make his countenance. This is what they were supposed to say. And by saying this, they were putting the name of the Lord on the people. Don't you see? When true anointed men of God preach the word, they're speaking the name of God, the reputation of God, the character of God. And they're placing that on your mind, your heart, your soul, and you're merging under the administration of the high priest, which is so mindful of what you friends who but he who but he could have a man to preach something that you talked about before church who but he could lay on us ignorant men something that would be so phenomenal only he could do such a thing Lord Jesus notice this 
ministry of Melchizedek as it comes back on our Lord after his resurrection. Oh, watch how that he reveals himself to him under this name in Genesis 14, 18. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God, El Elyon, which simply means the highest. <laughs> this is the first revelation of this name in the canon of Scripture. And it was revealed after this servant had come through one of the hardest battles of his life. This is the first time Abram has ever heard this name. And who put it on him? The ministry of the high priest. I want you to notice this. He meets this king of Sodom. Immediately he takes this new name to himself. <laughs> Genesis 14, 19, he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heavens and earth. So notice the ministry of high priest. He wasn't sent to bless everybody, but he's sent to bless Abram. There's people that wouldn't give you a dime for the, every sermon I ever preached. There's people that would not walk across the street to hear Brother Darrell, Brother Joel, or some of these other. I don't get nothing out of what they say. What in the world are they talking about? Well, I faced the fact a long time ago, I ain't sent to everybody. But if I can be sent to Abram and bless them, I'm going to bless them. This is part of who I am. I'm here to bless the saints of God. Well, your ministry don't bless me. Well, maybe if God don't bless you through me, he'll bless you through somebody else. I'm going to bless those. I'm not called to bless everybody in the bride. I'm not called to pastor everybody in the bride. Praise the Lord. But I want to bless those that I'm called to bless. Don't you? And he blessed him. Melchizedek now blessed Abram because this is part of his position. Glory to God. And he said, blessed be Abram of the most high God. And then he calls God who? Possessor of heavens and earth. And blessed be the most high God which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hands. And he gave him tithes of all. Now it was not, remember, Melchizedek paying tithes to Abraham. But Abraham paying tithes to God. I mean, Melchizedek. And while Abraham handed over the tithes, glory to God, Levi in his body, God said, I attribute you tithing to Levi. If God could attribute Levi to paying tithes at Abram, you won't argue about that, that's the Bible. Then could not God attribute me dying with the Lord Jesus? Somehow God made us pay for our sins in that body. Abraham and his body, and yet here was Levi, and it was accounted to him that he actually paid tithes. What was he? He was a gene that was the Lord. 
have mercy. He was a gene in the loins of Abraham's body. I wonder if little Levi must have had a chromosome fit inside of Abraham's DNA when Melchizedek turned around. Hallelujah! And he said, praise God, I'm going to be a priest. Hallelujah! After Abram says, by the power of the Most High God, I want nothing of your Sodom. Now he had just heard this name, but it had been put on him and in him. And it become a part of who he was. He's saying what Melchizedek said. <laughs> he had never heard this before. That he was part of the Most High God. I'd say he had a spell. I am part of the Most High. I am part of the Most High. Brother Donnie, why do you preach so much about the bride being part of him? Because I wanted you to get it. I want you to realize. Hallelujah. You're more than a mortal. You're part of the Most High. Under the, oh glory to God, under the order of Melchizedek, I'm called to tell you, you are more than a human. You're part of the Most High God. Notice whenever Abraham rescinds the wealth of Sodom. In chapter 14, the very next verse, chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not. Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. This was not before he made his choice, but after. Think of it. Our journey that began so many, many years ago with many of us. When we had to refuse the kingdom we were born in. We were born in the kingdom of Bela. And the kingdom of Sodom. Lost. Unregenerate. But the eagle scream come over us. We recognize the voice of Melchizedek. But we're still making choices. I like to preach on this sometime. The tale of two kings. We're still making the choices. Because these two kings... Well, now we don't know him as Bera. We know him as Satan. He was the one anointing Bera. He was the one that anointed him to say words that maybe pulled on Abram's flesh. God would not make him choose. He must choose. But after he chooses, Brother Joel, after the battle, after communion, then God now says, the word of the Lord come to Abram in a vision. I am thy great reward. Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. 
Let me close with this. Who is Melchizedek? Paragraph 95. Now the true revelation of Melchizedek comes into view. What? He was God the Word before he became flesh. God the Word, because he had to be. No one else could be immortal like him. I had father and mother. You did too. Jesus had father and mother. But this man had no father or had no mother. Jesus had a time he started. This man didn't. Jesus gave his life. This man couldn't. Because he was life. It's the self-same man all the time. I hope God reveals it to you. The self-same person all the time. Notice his title. King of righteousness. Now Hebrews 7.2. King of righteousness. King of peace. He's two kings. Watch Hebrews 7.2. King of righteousness. Also king of peace. He's two kings there. Now since he has come in the flesh and received up his body. In Revelation 21, 16, he's called the king of kings. He's all three of them together. King God, King Theophany, King Jesus. Praise God. Don't you understand? He was king God in the eternal. That's what the eternal was. He was a king. Then he become into a tangible part, Theophany. And then he'd be stepped on down another attribute of God into the humanity. King God, King Theophany, King Jesus. It's all met. Just like soul, body, spirit, all comes to make one. I've got a soul, a body, and a spirit. But I'm only one person. King God, King Theophany, King Jesus. All meets in where? The human temple called the Lord Jesus. But God created this human temple in the realm of mortality. And Jesus... Had a birthday. <laughs> now this is very strange. Because you don't have one now. You understand one day. Your birthdays will stop. Hallelujah. Older I get the less I like them anyhow. The Jesus. That is in heaven. No longer has. A birthday. <laughs> because God changed that body into the realm of eternity. And you cannot say about that body now. It was born on a certain day. <laughs> One day, mortality will be taken from yours. Birthdays will stop. Anniversaries will stop. Old age parties will stop. Nursing home care will stop. When God will take your body into the messianic kingdom of eternal life. Also, he is the father. Well, glory. He is the father which was the first son and Holy Ghost, the spirit. King of righteousness, the spirit attribute. Theophany. King of peace, theophany. In flesh, king of kings. Same person.
Can I read just one more, brothers? Now, let's look at us a little bit. I know we've looked at this, but I'm going to call a priest after the order of Melchizedek, and I feel I've got to put his name on you today. Now we see the attributes, sons of his spirit, have not yet entered into the word form body, but a theophany. This body is subject to the word and earnest waiting for the earnest change of the body. Now the difference between him and you as a son, he was at the beginning the word, an amorphous body. He came in and lived in that in the person of Melchizedek. So it was who Jesus was going to be before he became Jesus. Woo! It was who Jesus was going to come to be before he became Jesus. He became Melchizedek before he became Jesus. Well, hallelujah to God. Then later we never heard no more of Melchizedek because he became Jesus Christ. Melchizedek was the priest, but he became Jesus Christ. Now, can you imagine him going straight from Melchizedek, the attribute, the Lord Jesus? And the very next line is about you. Now, you bypass that. But in that form, he knowed all things, and you've never been able to know all things. You come like Adam, like me. You become from the attribute to the flesh to be tempted. But when this life is finished here, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we'll have one waiting. That's where we go. That is the word. Then we can look back and see what we've done. Now we don't understand it. We have never become the word. We've just become the flesh man. Oh, but I love this. But clearly it makes it clear. You'll never be the word unless you was a thought at the beginning. That proves, oh my goodness, that proves the predestination of God. You can't be the word unless you're a salt. You had to be in the thinking first, but you see, in order to stand temptation, you had to bypass the theophany. You had to come down here in flesh to be tempted by sin. And then if you stand, all the fathers given me will come to me, and I'll raise them on the last day. See, you had to be And then you see, he come right down the regular line. From attribute before the foundation of the world, his name is upon the Lamb's book of life. Then from that, he become the word, the theophany, that could appear, disappear. Then he become flesh, return back again, resurrected that same body in a glorified condition. But you! So do you all think, brothers, and you that's listen to me, do you think he's actually talking to a part of us when he's making these personal references? But you, is he speaking to angelic realms? Or is he speaking to humans? There was something in them that's beyond what they see and understand. But you bypassed the theophany and become flesh man. So see, notice he separates you from your theophany but he also separates you from your flesh man. You are not the flesh prison that holds you. You are someone else. Praise God. Praise God. To be tempted by sin. And if this earth, the tabernacle is dissolved, we have one way. Let's stand, brothers. 
We have, listen, we have not yet the bodies, but look, when this body receives the spirit of God, the immortal life inside of you, it throws this body in subjection to God. Hallelujah. He that's born of God does not commit sin. He cannot sin. Romans 8, 1, there's that for now. No condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus that walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There you are. See, that throws your body subject. You don't have to say, well, if I could just quit drinking. Get in Christ and it's all gone. See, because your body is subject to the spirit. It's no more subject to the things of the world. We don't have the power to say to Bera, I don't want what you offer because this does. Come on, we're born in it. We're still corrupt. I'm not talking about this right here. But the power of Melchizedek living in our soul can say to Bera and all his kingdom, take your Sodom, take your gifts. Take your popularity, your pride, your arrogance, so on and so on. And take it. I don't see the end of you, Bera. And that's not who I am. Praise God. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, how I appreciate him today. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus. Lord, what a blessed weekend we've had. Lord, I thank you for making that so real to me early this morning. That what happened last night here in this service was the administration of the high priest. Father God, you're not just there in heaven when we're sick and afflicted and weary and down and going through things. And you're saying, I relate, I relate. I can understand. But Lord, even now through the ministry, if people could only see your ministry, is still ongoing. Your ministry is still working today through the ministry of God called men. As you are feeling the needs of your people and the infirmities of your people and your place on their hearts and sometimes against their better judgment, they don't even understand why. It may, may not make no sense to them or it may seem so simple to them or whatever. But it's the needs of the children of God calling on their high priest. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help me. Lord, if you just speak to me. Lord, if you just give me something. You place it on a man of God's heart. And he thinks, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Brother Darrell told me before church. He said, Brother Donnie, I told Cheryl, after I preach this tonight, Brother Donnie may not never want me to preach again. I said, well, buddy, why in the world would I not? He began to tell me what you'd put on his heart. I said, well, it sounds like to me it's exactly what we need. But sometimes us as preachers, we miss it ourselves because we're not even sure. Yet we follow that pulsation. Help us to always do it, Lord, because it's the priesthood of Melchizedek. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you today, Father. Would you bring healing? Would you bring strength? Would you bring grace to your children today, Father? Those of our assembly that will stream this service, those from different parts of the world that will go back and look at it, Lord. Father God, help us, I pray. We need you, Lord. Lord Jesus, our desire is to be able to help one another. Father, I don't really need to say this for your sake, but I say it for the public's sake. The only reason that we stream these services is for the benefit of others. I get beaten, whipped, and thrashed, and tore to pieces. 
from people in our own ranks and people without. How many times have I made up my mind I was going to tell the brothers, take it down. I'm sick of it. I just can't take the burden of it no more. Then I get an email or a text from France or Switzerland or Canada. As I did not long ago of a preacher that was up in Canada that was just about at his breaking point. But he streamed in on a Saturday night service. And you, the high priest, had me to say things that was exactly what that brother needed. So who should I follow? People, criticizers, accusers, or you? I think I'll choose Melchizedek. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We're so glad to be part of the city of Jerusalem. The city of the great king. We want none of Barah's gifts or the burning of Sodom. We want the gift of the Holy Ghost from Melchizedek and the burning out of sin out of our lives. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's just worship the Lord. Oh, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for your precious word, Lord. Oh, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, we do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Harry, sing that little chorus of coming back to the heart of worship. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When the music fades, all is stripped away. Oh, yes. And I simply come. Longing just to bring oh, thank you, Jesus. something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song For the song itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within The way things appear
night and today service were priceless the presence of the Lord and the word of God and the encouragement we've got to be encouraged by what we've heard this weekend brother Joel thank you for your contribution brother brother Brandon thank you for your contribution the musicians thank you all the brothers that's here trust you as a congregation have been blessed I know you have you'd have to have been blessed by the word of the Lord we appreciate the word of God so much Let's just sing a little bit more of that as we get ready to leave today. 
service Wednesday night, the Lord willing, 7 p.m. You be ready to stream. We're going to have another wonderful time. May the Lord bless you, Brother Harry. Let's just sing a little bit more of that if you would. When the music fades, all is stripped away. And I simply come. Thank you, Lord, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. i 
Touch my 